describing and forcing governments to take notice. And is it having an economic effect in Australia, what's been going on over the last couple of months? Yeah, we, we suspect it'll have a short-term impact uh, up to 1% of GDP, Q1, where, and this might lead the Reserve Bank to, to reduce interest rates. But interestingly, most devastation-type events can actually have a positive long-term effect on GDP as you rebuild. Uh, the key areas to watch are tourism, obviously. Uh, all the news is now global around what's happened in Australia. So it's a 3% of our GDP, big industry, uh, and we'll be watching closely the impact on that. And, of course, on the more medium-term our reliance upon mining, uh, and particularly coal, which represents about 3% as well of GDP, that's the other one that we'll be looking to see how uh, we can replace that level of revenue over the medium term. Toby, have a great weekend. Thanks very much for that. That's Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at Societe Generale Australia. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And in Australia, the ASX 200 is right now up 0.6%. Over in uh, Japan, the Nikkei 225 is also moving ahead about half a percent. In South Korea this morning, the Cosby is up 0.8% and looks like the Hang Seng is going to open about 200 points higher in an hour's time. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is trading at $64.62 a barrel. Gold is at $1,552 an ounce. And in the currency markets, the US dollar is at 1102 against the Japanese yen. Thanks very much for listening this morning. Do have a great weekend. Back chat's coming up after the 8.30 news. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy, cool in the morning, dry with bright periods during the day and a maximum temperature of about 22 degrees. The outlook is for cool mornings and sunny periods in the next couple of days, but the weather will become gradually more warm and humid midweek next week. The temperature right now is 17 degrees and it's 71% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Pierre Tremblay with the half-hour news. Political commentator Chen Chaoyong said the chief executive Carrie Lam is a political liability for Hong Kong and the one country, two systems principle. Mr. Cheng, a senior teaching fellow at City University, said most fair-minded people wouldn't agree with her absolute denial of police brutality towards protesters. She made the comment while addressing Lechko yesterday. Mr. Cheng said the CE is cornered because her reliance on the police means she has to support them. She now mostly rely on the police to try to achieve stability in Hong Kong. And that, I think, makes her impossible not to support the police. But there's a political price to pay for that, I think. Because the more you do that, then the more it diverge from the public perception of the people and the demand of the people. And the refusal to launch a kind of um, independent inquiry into the whole crisis, I think, also leads to the same political dead end. And that's why I think the chief executive now is really a political liability for Hong Kong. Wuhan authorities say a second man has died from a mystery coronavirus that's left dozens of people ill there. The 69-year-old man fell ill on December the 31st. Meanwhile, health authorities here have widened the, cr- cr- the criteria for private doctors to report patients who may have been infected with the virus beyond those who've been to Wuhan. The Center for Health Protection said in the light of a case in, in Japan, doctors should report any patients with fever and respiratory symptoms who've been to any mainland hospital or had contact with anyone confirmed to have the new coronavirus. The impeachment trial of President Trump has formally begun with charges being read out in the U.S. Senate. Mr. Trump denies violating the Constitution by pressing Ukraine to investigate his political rival Joe Biden. The Senate Majority Leader, the Republican Mitch McConnell, said the Senate would deal fairly with the matter. The lead prosecutor, Adam Schiff, said no president had ever sought to impede an impeachment investigation so thoroughly.
Using the powers of his high office, President Trump solicited the interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, in the 2020 United States presidential election. He did so through a scheme or course of conduct that included soliciting the government of Ukraine to publicly announce investigations that would benefit his reelection, harm the election prospects of a political opponent, and influence the 2020 United States presidential election to his advantage. The Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts has been sworn in as presiding judge while senators took their oaths as jurors. Next news at nine. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. So, where do the protests stand now? The IPCC has indefinitely postponed the release of its preliminary report into the handling of social unrest as it awaits the outcome of a judicial review of its powers. Carrie Lam said yesterday in LegCo that there is no police brutality in Hong Kong and officers are only enforcing the law amid escalating violence. The police, meanwhile, have banned a march on Sunday that was billed as an anti-communism event, citing violence that's erupted during recent demonstrations, but they have allowed a protest rally uh, in Central on Sunday. Well, let us know your thoughts on latest developments. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at RTHK hk or call us on 233-88266. After 9.20, we're talking about that uh, historic U.S.-China trade deal. Joining us for our first topic, we have with us now Ventus Lau, who's a Hong Kong pro-democracy uh, activist, uh, also associated with uh, that uh, planned march on Sunday. Uh, Tommy Chung, a former student leader and now Yunlon District Councillor. And uh, Linda Lee, Professor of Political Science in the Department of Public Policy at City University. Ventislao, good morning. Let's go to you first. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, the, as we were just saying, the uh, march on uh, Sunday has been, has been banned. There are very few protests these days. Uh, is the government winning? Just that the, the protesters is changing their strategy of uh, fighting against the government. We are not only marching. Now we are focusing on forming labor union to prepare for a general strike. And we also uh, are strengthening our yellow economic circle. So we are trying to use various strategies, not only marching. A lot of people say the protesters, particularly the uh, radical, violent, uh, frontline protesters, they are tired after six months. And so many of them have been arrested. And that, 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 that's why um, you're, you're seeing the, the protesters lo losing heart. Mm, I think it is. First of all, I think those violent uh, or those escalated protests is only one one part of all this movement. Um, secondly, I think they can arrest all, but just that these days um, there is no urge for for those escalated protesters to come out. Um, if there is some serious incident, I, st I still think there would be other actions done by them, but not now. They just maybe take a rest or they have other plans. And how about the march on Sunday? There's an appeal board hearing today, right? About the police yes. have banned the march. There's an appeal board hearing. If you if you lose, will you still go ahead with the march as has happened before? Um, actually, uh, need to see the decision of the appeal board yet at first. And uh, of course, if we if we fail, we'll still hold the assembly because the police has granted 
uh, let us no objection for the public assembly on Sunday. So at least we can have an assembly. Um, actually, this is the first time uh, Commissioner Tang has issued a letter of objection to a march. It proves that the government is still trying to suppress the freedom of expression. They have not given up yet. You say the first time Commissioner Tang, what you mean is the first time since he became Commissioner of, of the... Uh, yes, yes. Yes. So, okay. Since he became Commissioner, he never issued... Uh, he never banned the march. <laughs> Okay, let's bring in another of our guests, uh, Tommy Chung. Tommy Chung has been on uh, Backchat many times before as former student leader, but now now we have to introduce him also as Yunlong District Councillor. Good morning, Mr Chung. Good morning. Okay, now you're not only a Yunlong District Councillor, you are also, uh, as I understand, you're chair of the, Yun, the group in Yunlong District Council that is investigating the 721 incident, right? And the police refuse to turn up to the meetings, and um, seems you won't be getting any cooperation from the police. Um, we still haven't um, had the schedule on the meetings of, of the working group, so that we didn't um, invite the police to attend the meeting um, at this moment. Um, of course, we will expect that um, the police won't cooperate with us because um, I think they. There's um, so many questions that um, the police couldn't answer us, or they couldn't um, have the ability to answer us because if, if they uh, if if they have to go um, go into the investigation by the ICC, uh, I don't think they will they will provide the exact answer to us, and they would, won't be um, they won't be honest. Uh, in the working groups, because um, if we have to investigate um, the um, seven to, uh, twenty-one um, um, issue, and then I, I don't think the police um, will attend the meetings. But we will still invite, um, like um, Mr. Tan, and also um, the other policemen uh, who involved. Uh, in the in the incident, is this is this um, sorry? Is this really an investigation, or is this just a, an opportunity to uh, to embarrass uh, the uh, police, to shout at the police? Um, we aim to um, find out the truth, and we we. It, hope it sounds like you've already decided what the truth is. Frankly, um, actually, um, we hope um, all the truth and all the um, puzzles uh, could be solved. Um, because um, as you can see, the probation cam they claim that Lam um, um the legislator, um, he uh, brought the protesters to Yunlong and they caused the attack um, on the July 21st. But it um, seems um, there is so many puzzles between two camps, so that we hope we can make a report. Uh, on the July 21st incident, and of course, um, we hope the police could cooperate, but because it is also an issue on the um, uh, community um, safety issues. And of course, um, I think the district councillors from both camps, like um, the, uh, the provincial camp and also uh, from the Pan Democrats, I think they have lots of questions to answer the police. 
Uh, let me ask you the same question, Tommy Chung. I asked Ventus Lau earlier. Uh, we have we seen very few protests now, and um, life returning to normal. Is, is the um, is the government winning? The protesters have lost. Um, I think um, actually the protest has has ended because um, it's changed. It's changed, hasn't it? And it's smaller than before. Um, I think just because um, maybe after the Taiwan elections or. Um, um, but seems um, there will be another um, holiday um, um, next week. So that I, I think the I think the protest will end. Like um, next week, we have the um, we have the twenty first again, uh, which is um, the half year um, after the um, July twenty first incident. So that I think the protest will end. Um, I, I think this, of course, if you think that much, it seems like much smaller, much smaller than before, right? Even you look at the lunchtime protests, the numbers um, are much smaller than before. Um, I think, um, I think, of course, you can say it's much smaller, but I, I mean, it's just kind of momentum. It has a, it's as high and and low level on the people participating. Of course, and, and you can see on the street um, when the pro- uh, when the restaurants support the um, protest, and there's still a lot of people um, going going inside the eat. And but if you see the restaurants uh, which against the uh, protest, uh, I don't see many people um, go going inside. So that um, actually the um, lots of the um, um, KPI, like um, the um, like the people supporting the government, and also um, yeah, you can see the actually the level is still low. So that I think the people is still angry. That they seems like um, I think they are finding an, another opportunity to go out, like the um, like the. Uh, uh, January first um, March, and then they are trying to get another opportunity to participate in a very large scale um, protest. Uh, I, another thing you don't see on the streets uh, these days, my impression certainly is, is the police. Um, I haven't seen this kind of mentioned and I haven't seen this described as any official policy, but my subjective impression uh, is that the police have practically disappeared off our streets, that you very, very rarely see them now. Uh, have you, do you agree with that? Uh, and um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Any, any response to that, Tommy Chan? Is, it, is that true in Yun Long? I don't know. Um, actually, I, I, I saw lots of police. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the street because they have to um, take care on the um, um, illegal parking on the road. So that um, actually, I, I, I could still. Well, find I, I've seen areas where, where public uh, uh, illegal parking is flourishing that uh, because the police aren't there.
um, like before. I think they are also be afraid of their personal safety. Of course, um, I think um, police should do their job because it is near the um, Chinese New Year. I, I do think it's uh, safety and also the security on the street and also the shops. Um, they, they should they should care on it um, from the um, district councillor's perspective. But of course, I, I think um, they should not just only um, um, do much uh, over on the protesters because um, like um, la- um, yesterday night, um, I saw some policemen, um, they, they're, very, they're very rude um, to the um, people um, sticking on the land wall. And, and, and I saw one young man has been beaten up. Okay. Of, of course, he, he don't want to go to the hospital um, to cure, but it um, seems like I, I think the police is already had this very um, rude attitude um, to the uh, people uh, which is not on their side. Okay, uh, let's bring in the phone of our guest, uh, Linda Lee. Linda Lee, Professor of Political Hello. Science at Department of Public Policy at City University. Uh, good morning, Miss Lee. Welcome back to the show. Morning. Yeah. Morning. Uh, can you help us out with where, where are we now? Have, have, has the government won? Have, have the protests, uh, they're still around, but they've definitely diminished in scale, haven't they? Well, I think as a matter of, you know, if you count kind the of frequency, all right, or the scale of the protest actions, certainly you are right. You know, okay, so certainly you see, you see different um, phenomena, you know, evolving these days. But I think, you know, you, the, 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 the cross of the... Of, of, of the of the seven months unrest was um, was that um, people have spoken, uh, people spoken um, that uh, they are dissatisfied about how things were run in the city, and including how central government in Beijing have managed uh, the special administrative region and uh, um, you know uh, and ex- execution of one country two system principle. Um, I think. Um, uh, so, so, so I think you know the government, uh, whether in Hong Kong or in Beijing, has yet to respond um, effectively to this, um, uh, uh, you know, public outcry, you know, as a result of the extradition bill. So the know, government uh, has not yeah. responded; has yet to respond, yeah, but yet still yeah. the protests subside. Why, if the government hasn't responded? Surely the uh, the grievances should be the same. Um, the protests should be as strong as ever, but they're not, are they? Well, my <laughs> these days we have had some a lot of of, of this uh, this kind of observations and discussions on that. And my response to that this question was that um, because um, protests are have to be conducted by warm bodies, right? The warm bodies certainly you need to have. There is should be a natural cycle. Um, uh, that, uh, that, that that's actually quite expected. So the fact that you know we have sustained seven months of um, uh, you know such kind of protest activities of that kind of scale is already very um, exceptional. I think on a worldwide basis. Uh, so I wouldn't say you know um, I wouldn't be very surprised. Okay, to see you know a little bit excited uh, uh, of, of of the frequency of the events, but. Um, uh, I think, as uh, one of your of your of your guest speaker, you know, has noted at the beginning of the of the of the of, of this program, 
uh, actually we have seen uh, new types of activities uh, uh, actually be not being undertaken or already been executed, including uh, the district council election. I think uh, that is, uh, you know, that, that is very, very, um, very good um, uh, manifestation of, of other activities which has actually uh, been ongoing, and not to say the yellow, so-called yellow economy. Uh, uh, and, and of course, you know, uh, I, I think what it tells us is that, uh, well, even though one country to disturb is not running effectively, but I think the, uh, it is also true that Hong Kong is not run uh, the same way as Shenzhen was run, right? It is being run, uh, all the rest of the country. Uh, so, so I think, you know, um, people of Hong Kong should make the best use of available space and, and room uh, within the existing framework, uh, even though it is not ideal, okay, even though it is, uh, you know, uh, what we want it to be better, better executed, but still, okay, we, we, are, we, we, we are different from the rest of the country. So we have actually quite still a lot of room for maneuver. You so may- I think what's happening now is actually people try to make better use of the, of the existing systems to extend um, to, to, to speak out their voice. So I think, you know, now uh, with the new councillors in the district council and the district councils have uh, begun their sessions. So I think uh, make the best use of the sessions. Uh, like Tom and Joan just alive, okay, they have started a, a group to investigate into the July 21st uh, event in Yunnan. Uh, so, yeah, do it well. I think, you know, what, what, what the IPCC uh, <laughs> has not yet concluded or they haven't started, uh, you know, they, 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 they can do it uh, to some extent so, in, 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 that, in that kind of platform. So, Tommy Chung, is the, uh, the district councils, the platform you have on the district councils, is that now an alternative to the uh, protests, in, the radical protests in the past? Uh, if you look at the, ti- the timeline since the district council elections, the number of protests has, um, that you trace it back, that, that's where after the district council elections, or around that time, the number of protests started to reduce. The number of participants on the two march uh, run, on, uh, run in December last year, and one on the 1st of January. I don't see there is the, some, um, I, I don't see there is less people uh, joining the protest. Of course, you can see um, the momentum is getting lower, um, seems, but I, I think they are trying to find another opportunity to participate. Why is the momentum, um, sorry, why is the momentum getting lower? You just said mm. the momentum is getting lower. Why? I think it, some of some of them are trying to find the um, uh, response from the government. Um, it seems like um, you can see uh, Mr. Tan, um, the um, um, the police commissioner. Um, yes, yes, yesterday yeah. performance, and I, I think it will trigger another um, anger from people. Of course, you have see also the Karen response um, in the legislative council yesterday. I, I think the people are feel angry, but they're trying to find another way which is more effective um, to voice out their opinion. And uh, like, um, I think they they were trying to um, treasure another another protest and march um, to participate, but seems like there is 
no, no, no. Um, on the 19th um, on, of January, um, I, I mean, this Sunday, um, so that um, they, they, they may not go onto the street um, to join the march. Um, so that um, I, I think they, they would treasure another legal march to participate, um, um, to, to voice out. Um, the, actually, the number of people participate in the march, you can see the numbers is not getting lower. So that I couldn't agree that um, people may find, but like um, they receive the, uh, the reality or they accept the reality that um, government didn't get any kind of response to them. Yeah, but I mean, they, Prof- yeah. Professor Lee, isn't, isn't that right, that the uh, um, the government's policy uh, seems to be, we don't care uh, if you march or, or if you don't march, um, this is going to be uh, our stance. Um, that's pretty clear from what the uh, chief executive was saying about the uh, police brutality. It's pretty clear from Chris Tang's uh, approach. Um, this is we're, we're just going to carry on, and you may be unhappy. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're unhappy or not. Um, we're just going to uh, nothing's going to change. Nobody's going to resign. There will be no political changes. We will, we we might give some more money, um, but that's the end of it. Um, uh, and it's just going to be a complete blank wall. Um, that's the government line, isn't it? And it doesn't matter if you don't support us, if, we, if, our, if we've got zero ratings, it doesn't matter because we're the government and that's that, that's the end of it. Well, that, that's why I think we need to refocus our discussion and, and also, you know, uh, we think about, you know, what, what the society is after. I mean, after all, you know, why people are protesting in the first place. Because people think that Hong Kong should, um, should have a different... Uh, uh, way of uh, development, you know, we aspire to be uh, a truly international uh, society, okay, uh, embracing, you know, uh, decent um, standards, okay, of uh, human rights, etc., good governance, etc. But, but again, so but again, the government, that, the government can just say, we don't care. Uh, well, yeah, of course. Okay. So the, the government seems that now is saying it just wants to focus on um, uh, having a more calmer uh, social climate, I mean, uh, namely fewer, fewer uh, violent clashes on the streets. But I would say if, even if they achieve that, it doesn't mean that they have uh, successfully governed the city, and it, which means that they haven't done the job properly. So at the end of the day, the assessment card, okay, um, uh, or, or on the job appraisal, uh, uh, would, would, uh, would, 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 would not get a, a good pass, okay? Uh, so, uh, and, and, and not to say that um, it is not, you know, under the grand vision uh, of, of the central government, or uh, what I mean is the original grand vision for a city. Uh, he aspires to see the city to um, to assist the country to to continue its path of deepening reform and towards modernization. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, without but without the city itself on on the right track. You know, um, uh, Hong Kong will not be able to help. And, and, and if the grand vision in the first place, okay, has some rush, uh, rationality, which means that the country really needs Hong Kong. Otherwise, why, why, why bother to talk about that grand vision? Yeah. So you, you out of their own mismanagement of the, of the city, okay, and, and, and of this current crisis, then Hong Kong cannot perform. I would say that this is the, great, the greatest loss of, of China. 
Of course, people of Hong Kong would also suffer because we are the easiest, uh, you know, we are living here, okay? Uh, but uh, not only us. I, I think that's, um, that, that's why, um, uh, I mean, the government should care, especially if our government, I mean, the Hong Kong government, uh, is now uh, actually a more accountable to Beijing than the people of Hong Kong. Then. And, and um, what I'm arguing is that um, Beijing um, should care and should be reminded of its own grand vision for the city. Linda Lee, is that why the pro-establishment camp, even the pro-establishment camp, is so critical of the government now? We saw yes, we saw in the Leadership Council yesterday, I mean, in between the uh, the uh, shouting by the Democrats, the pro-establishment mm -hmm. le le lawmakers who stood up, a lot of them were criticizing Kerry Lam. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the point is, you know, um, uh, how to be, uh, how, well, what is the objective of, of, of you know, of, of, of Hong Kong as a special administrative region, okay? Uh, I think, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the objective of making Hong Kong a special administrative administrative region back in back in the 1980s, okay, under the, the leadership of Deng Xiaoping, was that uh, Hong Kong should continue its uh, distinct path. So very, uh, very, very briefly, Professor Lee. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, basically we have to, you know, I mean, the, 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 this unrest of 2019 uh, calls for a return to the freedom and to the original principle of the one country, two system. This is more than right, I would okay. say. Well, Professor Lee from City University, thank you for joining us, uh, Professor of Political Science. And thanks to uh, Tommy Chung, uh, former student, not that Tommy Chung, the other one, uh, former student leader, Yunlong District Councillor. Uh, Ventislao will stay with us and we'll continue the conversation. And also going to be talking about that trade deal after the news uh, at nine. Before that, the weather, mainly cloudy, cool this morning, dry, with bright periods, temperatures up to 20 degrees, 18 degrees, the latest readings, humidities at 68%. And we're continuing to talk about uh, just basically uh, catching up on uh, developments uh, with the uh, protests. Uh, there are plans for a, uh, a march and uh, a rally uh, this Sunday. Uh, Build as an anti-communism uh, event. Well, the Karma uh, to com Commies. It's actually the official title. Karma K A R M A to Commies is okay. the title. Of the what does that mean? Yeah, good question. <laughs> we'll ask Venteslau in a moment. We'll ask Venteslau, who's one of the uh, one of the organisers and and, uh, and an activist, uh, who's our guest this morning. We were talking also in the first part of the programme uh, today before nine to uh, uh, student leader Tommy Chung and Yunlong District Councillor now and uh, Professor Linda Lee from City University. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. Um, now you can call us two three three eight eight two six six. We'll put you on air, uh, and you can chat uh, or you can uh, email backchat at rthk hk. We'll read out your message. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page that's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 and everyone uh, can see your messages there later we're also going to be talking about that uh, trade deal the phase one uh, trade deal uh, uh, what are the, what's the significance uh, of that uh, on the uh, first topic uh, today some uh, interesting observations thank you very much indeed uh, from uh, our listeners uh, S says there is one and only one reason for the pro-establishment to criticise the government, and that is the upcoming elections. Uh, we haven't talked about the elections, actually. It's interesting. Uh, Joe Average says, of course, the government has won. They haven't been discussing the five demands with the public. We still don't know who the puppet masters are in China. No transparency. And now Carrie is trying to sweeten us with this package that suddenly came out 
which uh, many of these things could have been done three years ago and the poor still haven't got a handout because the government is pussyfooting around. This would certainly help the restaurant trade and Lang Kwai Fong, uh, one chime, many small businesses, but it's not in the government plan because they're up to something. Uh, Andrew Kay says the tempo of the riots has diminished because the police have most of the ringleaders in jail. Uh, Colin says, uh, well, maybe we'll save one Colin's for observation for a little bit later. Uh, Mike says, did the government win or did the protesters win? I don't know. One thing I do know is that the people of Hong Kong have lost when the violent radicals run rampant through the city. The radicals are still under the rocks and in the shadows. How do we keep them there? The uncontrolled members of the police force need to go back to their desk jobs. The rest can please keep up their good work those thoughts from Mike. Thanks. And on our Facebook page, interesting comment from uh, TC and uh, Ventus Lau, you're still with us. Let me read you this comment and maybe you have a response. Um, uh, TC says, um, responding to the issue of why um, the protests appear to have diminished and whether the government has won, TC says, from the government side, there haven't been major unforced errors that push people to the streets. And from, but from the protesters' side, the biggest reason for the relatively quietness is that the moderate faction of the anti-government camp conducted several high-profile witch hunts against the radicals and accused the radicals of being undercover police officers. This has a serious effect on the morale of the movement as a whole. Thank you very much, uh, TC. And um, Ventus Lau, Ventus Lau, um, still with us. Um, would you like to respond to that, that comment? Our listener suggesting that um, there are divisions, arguments among the protest camp, and that's one reason that um, uh, things um, are quieter now? Um, I think I would admit that there must be some conflict inside our camp. But it is very normal, because we are saying that we're having a leaderless movement yeah. this time. And when it is the leaderless movement, of course, people would have different, uh, different arguments. So this is a very healthy phenomenon that we can have uh, this kind of arguments, and I believe that we we have already sorted out. We have already um, we, we will reflect on that, and we, we we will prevent it from happening again. So I think actually what 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 I see on the online forums or on Telegram is that people are trying to use some promotion to urge people not to uh, accuse other radical partners as undercover again. And this is this is useless. Even if you can find an undercover police in the lorry, what can you do? You can't kill him. You can't beat him up. Then there's no meaning. But if you're really accused of a radical protester, then you may end his life because he may be arrested by the police. So um, we won't do this again. And I think this is a very healthy phenomenon that we keep reflecting on what we have made mistake in the protest. So I believe it is just very normal and it is just one step of the protest. Looking forward, I see on the protest schedule, I see lists of um, protests over uh, Chinese New Year at the Lunar New Year flower markets. Do, 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 do you think those protests will really happen? Do you think Hong Kong people will accept uh, protests over Chinese New Year? Um, I think for the Lunar New Year, they are just trying to uh, organize some flower market in support of the Yellow Economic Circle. That is not some uh, rather radical uh, protest. They are just trying to set up flower market uh, besides the traditional one set up by the government. Because actually for this year, the government tried to suppress the, the yellow economic circle by banning, uh, by not allowing people to set up uh, dry stores in the flower market. 
So that's why people want to set up one for themselves. So I think it's just, uh, this is not mainly for medical protest. Instead of the power market, I, I believe there would be other actions. Maybe uh, they, I, I see people are trying to organize uh, uh, protests in malls, in uh, shopping malls. I believe this is, this, this may be more radical than, than the flower market. I believe that the people can understand why we are protesting in the Lunar New Year holiday. It's just like the Christmas holiday. Um, I think people know that the main problem is the government is trying to refuse answering or refuse answering to people's demand. They, now, now the, I think we have already decided, uh, it, the public is very clear on their, on their, on their opinion. Those people who are going to support, they will keep supporting. Those people who are going to uh, to support the government, they will keep supporting the government. So let's just keep this on forever but until look, the government ends. And, and, and again, the government doesn't have to... Uh, I mean, there was kind of a polite fiction that the government had to respond to public opinion and had to, you know, uh, uh, respond to the will of the people. Um, but in this case, it seems the government uh, doesn't. And... There's nothing you or anyone else can do about it. You can have a mass rally, you can turn violent or not turn violent. It makes no odds. Hello? So what, what are you going to do? I mean, it's just the, the government saying that the maybe we may be very, very unpopular. We don't care. We're not going to do anything. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, so that's why we need to keep it pressure continuously. I think actually uh, you can still, even the government admit that... But it's, under, it doesn't uh, make any uh, difference. It doesn't, you can, what sort of pressure? I mean, it just, you know, nothing happens. The government, they, they, they the are, government there's really no pressure. obligation for the government to respond to the public. Mm, yeah, of course, and that's why we need to fight for democracy so that we, we can have a government that responds to the public. And right now, after seven months, I think the government really feels the pressure. Um, actually, the Chinese government changed the officials in the liaison office. If this is a sign that the, the Chinese government feels the, the Hong Kong government or the Hong Kong liaison office is not doing its job to keep Hong Kong peaceful. And also the government, Carrie Lam, just announced 10 uh, measures, 10 policies measures to um, to increase the welfare of the elderly. I think all these signs show that the government is somehow pressured. They just want to, they just want to avoid entering five demands, but to do other things in order to settle these things down. If we continue to give pressure, for example, giving pressure to the economy, to tourism, um, and even in the international, in a, in a, in a national society, then the government will, will need to find other way to respond to the public. They are, they are already pressured and they are trying to do something change the situation. But you said international society. I mean, the world has forgotten about Hong Kong again, hasn't it? I mean, uh, news, uh, international news moves on. Uh, Hong Kong protests are, are, are not news anymore. Of course. I mean, you can't just focus on one place for seven months. But I believe that in, at least the world has already known that um, Hong Kong people are fighting for freedom. And we are against Chinese government. And whenever they need, maybe when they deal with China, they can still use Hong Kong as an example. And I just actually I don't believe that uh, Hong Kong is, is not uh, an element in international society. Just on 11th of January, the Taiwan election, um, the DPP won. It's mainly because the situation in Hong Kong. At least so you can see, Hong Kong situation has changed the Taiwan politics. Maybe it will change the American politics. 
maybe in the presidential election too. So we, we, we can't say that uh, although they don't have the focus on everyday projects because there's less flexibility, but the Hong Kong element is still there in the international politics. And when when they make a deal, maybe we can keep apart. In it. I mean, the, the, the other change, I guess, from the administration is that they are trying much harder to... Uh, well, to say that these these uh, protests are the result of bad PR or kind of a communication problem or something like this or fake news uh, and are trying to put out their own story so that we are playing, for example, those announcements of public interest. There's lots of videos. There was a big one that's recently appeared on YouTube, for example, about Hong Kong protests, the facts uh, and things like this. And we see this from the police and other people that they become much more proactive in trying to tell... Uh, what they see as their side of the of the story. What 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 do you make of that, Ventislav? Do you think that's going to be effective? Do you think that's going to make a difference? Oh, you mean the fake news, right? Well, just the the government's doing a lot more PR, isn't it? Mm, yes, of course. <laughs> they found they are, um, they need to do more, but I don't think it will be successful. As I said, the society has been said very clearly in the November election. It is shown very clearly that oh, those people are going to support the protesters. They keep doing so. And those who are going to support the police, they keep doing so. <laughs> I don't think doing more PR can gain more support for them. They're just strengthening their own support there. We are also doing our PR. Then we are less fight. Okay, it's okay. Ventislao, you are all, you are helping to organise the protest uh, this coming Sunday. That uh, uh, there's an appeal board hearing today. Um, how about <clears throat> after this coming Sunday? Are you planning to organise any more protests? Um, right now, not yet. But uh, we, of course, we'll keep organizing peaceful protests in the future. But maybe after Lunar New Year, let's see what will happen. As you see, there would, as, as you said, there would be uh, um, steeple uh, flower market, and as, as I said, there would be some protests on the streets or in the malls. So let's we, see what happens. Let, let's let's return. February. Yeah, let's return to Lunar New Year. And you were saying just like the Christmas holidays that. Um, people will accept protests, but uh, Lunar New Year is, is more important than the Christmas holidays in, in Hong Kong. Lunar New Year is a, is a time for family and for bringing good luck in the coming years, uh, in the coming year. I mean, will, will public support really understand if you have radical frontline protesters um, disrupting Lunar New Year in, in shopping centres? I think actually for during the Lunar New Year holiday, most of the shops actually would have closed down. We are closed in the holidays. People don't really go to shopping malls. Only, so I, I don't think it would affect that, affect them too much. Um, and, and I still believe, I repeat already, that if those people are going to support, they mm. will support. Um, I think the protest in the shops or in the, on the street is to keep giving pressure to the government. So you can see, even the holidays, Hong Kongers can't go like, like normal. And if, and if the, the police keep to use uh, violence to suppress the protest, people will see, oh, the police aren't even letting the people to uh, express their view in a holiday. And also flower market, also, if they use a tear gas to suppress our own flower markets, then the people will see it. the government's nonsense. And it may be beneficial to us. So we just, I think it's difficult to predict what would happen on that day. We'll have to see. Uh, some more comments. This is from uh, Drake, first of all, who says, I don't understand how the government has won 16 days after the million January the 1st march. I don't see anything dying down just yet. That comes uh, from 
uh, Drake. And uh, Jay says, how can the public support a government that's destroyed Hong Kong? We don't need democracy. We just need to change the government for some reliable, competent, logical thinkers, not schemers, scammers and fools. Uh, Andrew says, uh, Professor Lee, in the first part of the programme, says we aspire to be an international city. Having lived in Hong Kong 30 years, I always thought we were. This protest movement and right-wing political parties like Hong Kong First seem to aspire for the exact opposite, localism and xenophobia towards immigrants. It's interesting that publications like The Guardian, that are so opposed to populism in the UK, are cheerleading it here. It seems that uh, they, while demonising and attacking East European immigrants in the UK, uh, it seems that uh, and must be condemned. Okay, xenophobia towards mainland Chinese immigrants in Hong Kong and attacking them here is fine. Uh, I appreciate that the international media have a deep understanding of the current situation and nuanced approach to their coverage of the issues at hand. But perhaps a quick look at Hong Kong First's Wikipedia page might be in order because it looks awfully like UKIP to me. That comes uh, from Andrew, uh, UKIP, the uh, UK uh, Independence Party. Uh, uh, and uh, Umash says, Hi all, the momentum is going down. Just proves the lack of motivation amongst the youth here and also the fact it seems quite a majority now is fed up of all the inconvenience caused. Don't get me wrong, I don't support lamb curry either, but at least there is some sense of normality returning. Hope the tourists now start coming back to prop up the economy. That thought uh, from uh, Umesh. Thank you very much indeed for that. Um, uh, Ventus Lau, we've also had the news that uh, the uh, IPCC, the Independent uh, Police Complaints Council, uh, report uh, will not be coming out anytime soon, basically. They don't know when it's going to come out because of that judicial review. Um, does that make any difference? Is that significant? What do you make of that? I think it's just another proof that the IPCC is not working. It's not useful. KLM always pushed the responsibility to IPCC. I think IPCC is trying to use some some way to stop uh, being used, <laughs> being manipulated by KLM. They just say, oh, because there is some court procedure, we can't release the report yet. Uh, so this, the, so the ball go back, get back to KLM again. Now the IPCC cannot release the report. Maybe they need to wait for years because court procedures can be very long. Then what should we do? We cannot just wait for years. Then Caroline has to reconsider setting up an independence commission of inquiry. Actually, news have reported that some of the uh, members in the IPCC actually suggested that the government should set up an independence commission of inquiry. It proves again that the protesters are right. This is the only way out to investigate the police brutality. Caroline must answer. OK, well, Venteslau, thank you for joining us, a Hong Kong pro-democracy uh, activist. Uh, and uh, earlier speaking to uh, Tommy Chung, student leader, and uh, Linda Lee in the first part of the programme. Thank you all very much indeed. Um, and uh, uh, just uh, one email, as I mentioned, from Colin, uh, who said we were talking earlier on the issue of uh, uh, the presence of the police and illegal parking. Colin says, had to laugh, police are doing absolutely nothing about illegal parking. Came Come down to the junction of Kaduri Avenue and Argyle Street any afternoon from 2.40 to 3.20 during school term. All those privileged parents and their drivers waiting to pick up their DBS children. Parked on the pavement, double parked, the police and transport department do absolutely nothing about it despite numerous uh, complaints. Vehicle HK1044 uh, every afternoon is parked directly in front of the traffic lights, forcing drivers into the middle of the road. These privileged people cannot obey the law. What hope is there for their youngsters? Low-level corruption within the government. Those thoughts from uh, Colin, who also uh, passes on some correspondence that he's had 
uh, with the uh, Transport uh, Complaints Unit and uh, says that uh, despite the uh, discussion, uh, the Transport Department and the police are not interested and no action has been taken. That's uh, from Colin. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, one more email quickly. Uh, this is from Andrew Kay. Thanks, Andrew. He says, another bad guest day. Uh, <coughs> Andrew, thanks very much indeed for that. OK, finally uh, today, uh, to the signing of that phase one trade deal uh, between uh, the United States and uh, China, Donald Trump and Liu He got together uh, to uh, sign it. Uh, Mark Michelson joins us now, chairman of the CEO forum of the IMA Asia. Uh, good morning to you, Mark. Morning. Hi, thanks so much indeed for, for joining us. Um, stepping out, of, I, I, know, I know you're busy at the moment. Um, what, what do you make of this? It's been described by some as, as a truce. Um, is, it a, is it a victory? Is it a, how would you read the in well, kind it, of political it, it's terms? A, it's a pause. It's also been described by some skeptics as a buying mission writ large, which probably isn't completely, completely fair. No, it really, it, the pause is important. It does do some things. You know, it's, it's intended to open Chinese markets to more companies, increase farm and energy exports, uh, provide greater protection for U.S. technology and trade secrets. And it'll do that to some extent, depending on how it's implemented. We're talking about a, an extra $200 billion worth of American goods and services by 2021. At least that's the target. But that's, of course, a lot more than, than was done even before, before the trade war started. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of worry and skepticism, and just quickly for some companies, I just with a couple companies that actually actually were hurt by the trade problems, but they'd already planned for a situation where there were tariffs, and now they have to change those plans, but no, no, they can change them long term because they're afraid that this might break down and they'll come back again, so they want to change back, so they're sort of caught in the middle. You say so. So some companies, uh, it almost makes life even more difficult for them, as you say, because business wants certainty, and with this, you it don't you be. don't have certainty, do you? It's very uncertain, and also we're in the middle of. You probably heard about it. There's a presidential election, and a presidential <laughs> yeah, we election have heard about that. Yes, when, and who knows how that's going to develop in terms of, of the impact on on all this. Saying that, it's good news, and it's probably good news politically for for President Trump. I suspect, certainly in the short term, and a lot. Even if there are negative impacts or a lot of this doesn't actually happen, that might not be known by November. So, it's, you know, in terms of some of the key constituencies, I think this is pretty important. Why do you say a lot of this might not happen? Well, because it'll take a while to, to see. You know, we're talking about a lot of money, and we're talking, and we're talking to a lot, of, a lot of commitments, but they have to be delivered. And are they going to be delivered all of them by November? I mean, they might not in any case anyway. But also, if there are issues, those not, might not be clear by November either. It, it's hard to know. So, you know, this is a, a moving target, unless there's some kind of dramatic, dramatic conflict again. Hmm. I was looking at the. I was looking at Fox News to sort of get a sense of how this was covered, and um, you had to kind of hunt around to get this to get this story. It's swamped by the uh, by the impeachment story. Do you think? Yeah, I know. Well, I think this was. An, at the end, you probably know there was another trade agreement that was approved by the Senate just hours before the impeachment trial began, the USMCA, the agreement uh, with the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And that, that's, that, that almost disappeared. And the stock markets reacted positively, but uh, I think you might say not dramatically so far. Yeah. 
So it, it, mean, is maybe it, because they already had planned this and, and it was already brought, brought in. Uh, I mean, sort of in in political terms, then is it much of a boost for Trump? Is it is it or is it kind of no big deal? No, I, well, I think you know in the U.S. it's a deal. It's a question of what the impact, and of course, the other side of it is the key structural issues that really affect companies, and that that has to do with state subsidies and uh, and and some of the other issues that are not that are purposely awaiting till phase two. Um, it's not going to have any impact at all, and a lot of you know, there's a lot of a lot of worry that there won't ever be a phase two. There won't ever be a phase two. Yeah, who knows? I mean, at this point, and it won't, you know, and it's been pretty clear from the U.S. side, and I suppose Chinese side too, that real, even though they may start talking, that effective negotiations wouldn't happen until after the U.S. presidential election, probably. And uh, Trump won't care after, assuming he wins. Well, he might not. It depends. Uh, you know, you know, it may not be just elections, but I don't, you know, it's my own opinion, but I don't think he's just election. He, right now he's election focused, but, you know, assuming if he is reelected, I think he still wants to, wants to furnish his reputation, I think, you know, and, and also his effectiveness, and I think that will still be important to him. And so these, uh, because remember, even after this first stage agreement, many, many tariffs will remain in place. We, yes. we just have to uh, face the reality. These yeah, tariffs more, will stay more, for... more will be in place than weren't. It's some of the, the, the key ones that would have directly affected consumers up front are gone. But in several of the others, and one of the companies that I was just talking to, one of the U.S. companies, has been affected by those tariffs that are still in place. And so, you know, those are not going to go away unless unless there's a further agreement. And, of course, the Chinese have, have kept some of their tariffs in place, too, but I, they don't have nearly as much of an impact. The the elections are likely to be open season on China, though, aren't they? I mean, they they always are, and probably uh, even more so this year. From from all sides, everyone's the, everyone can look tough by kicking China a bit harder. It could, it could be, because there's just been a... a a, a small American group from Hong Kong that's been in, in Washington, and they've been in Washington, I think, last time, sort of uh, early summer. And they said the, the anti-China feeling, even with this the agreement wasn't quite finished yet, but it was on the verge of being finished, and people expected this trade deal, they said it's become even more negative. Um, you know, again, bipartisan, both sides. So I, I think this is going to be, it's going to be a continuing issue. And you've seen that some of the some of the initial criticism has come from both parties. So this is bad news for us here in Hong Kong, isn't it? I mean, we're we're moving it's, into we're a caught <coughs> in the middle. We're, we're caught in the middle, middle, but it's I, not. I think not... the pause is good news. I think the pause is good news, and I think if you know if there is if there is an increase in trade, if even part of this comes off, Hong Kong, you know, is in a position to benefit in some of these areas. But again, of course, the the worry is that. There could be something that 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 messes that uh, that hurts this, and then we're back to square one, or maybe even before square one. But I think in the short term, it's 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 generally positive. But there's there's just there's just caution, a lot of caution, I guess. The pause is good news, but what's bad news is that we're in for a long term period of, yeah, of cause tension. Yeah, because the issues the issues are long term. They're very long term, very different approaches, and of course, what this also has done. It's really a support for managed trade, which is a which is a complete undermining of the of the rules based system that was developed at Bretton Woods and 
1944 and and you know is uh, is, is checked by the IMF and World Bank and WTO represent these. This is you know acceptance on both sides uh, and really really saying effectively the market really doesn't work. So we're going to take control of it as much as we can, and this in currencies as well as in trade and in other areas. And they may be right, but that that's the approach. So bye bye WTO. Well, I mean, and already the WTO is it's you know not if there are disputes. You can see the dispute settlement mechanism of this agreement is between the two the two signatories, right? And the WTO is really not involved because. The dispute settlement mechanism isn't working because the U.S. and a couple other countries have not appointed new people to uh, to those positions, so they can't actually operate. Okay, well, Mark, thank you very much indeed for, for sure. joining us. Uh, Mark Michelson there, Chairman, CEO, Forum, IMA, Asia. Thank you very much indeed. And Danny, many thanks to you. Uh, here's the weather before we go. It's going to be uh, mainly cloudy uh, today. Uh, cool this morning, dry with bright periods during the day and maximum temperature about uh, 20 degrees. Yeah, look, cool mornings and sunny periods in the next couple of days and the weather will become gradually warm and humid in the middle of next week. Uh, oh, yeah, just a moment. Uh, the, uh, there is a message, uh, Mike. Uh, for you on uh, Facebook. Uh, check that out. Uh, you can have a look discussing uh, climate change. Uh, meanwhile, climate locally, 17 degrees. Relative humidity is at 68%. And there's a yellow fire danger warning. Have a good weekend. To maintain a clean environment, drainage traps should be filled with enough water and disinfected regularly. Every week, pour half a litre of water into each floor drain. Then pour a teaspoon of 1 to 99 diluted household bleach solution into the drain outlets. 30 minutes later, pour another half a litre of water into the floor drains. Don't alter drainage traps and pipes. Make sure drains and pipes don't leak and aren't blocked. Repair any defect in the trap immediately using a qualified contractor. 9.30, the news now with Pierre Tremblay. Political commentator Chang Chao-yung says the chief executive Carrie Lam is a political liability for Hong Kong and the one country, two systems principle. Mr. Cheung, a senior teaching fellow at City University, says most fair-minded people wouldn't agree with her absolute denial of police brutality towards protesters. The Hong Kong College of Cardiology is reminding the public of the dangers of trans fats ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday. Doctors say many baked and deep-fried festive snacks have high levels of trans fat, which can increase the risk of heart disease and strokes. The impeachment trial of President Trump has formally begun, with charges being read out in the U.S. Senate. Mr. Trump denies violating the Constitution by pressing Ukraine to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, and the U.S. Senate has approved a new updated trade deal with Canada and Mexico, sending it to Donald Trump to be signed into law. More news at 10. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. 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 Not too bad at all. Good morning. New York Scottish. Hello. You never face Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. And welcome to Friday. It's great to be back with you. All the way through until one o'clock. Love Fridays. Nice, easy one. We cook and we go to the movies, basically. But today, a slightly different kind of chef. 10.40, I'm going to chat to brewer Luke Yardley of the Yardley Brothers beer fame. We've never done that before. He's going to give you a crash course in brewing. Tell the wonderful Hong Kong story of how he started this now very successful business in his living room. 
And just like you do with JCVNs, if you're a brewer, why not ask emails and questions in? Morningbrew at rthk.hk. And I'll put it to Luke. I bet he's got the answers. After 12, we're off to the movies, of course, with James Marsh. Join him on Facebook Live for this week's Hit and Misses on our Morning Brew page. i 